Yogi's Garage Tool. What a what a great night. It is. You know, the first podcast was a blast, and I'm really looking forward to this next one because you know we you do a little research, and I actually did a little bit myself, and reading up on this guy, the stuff he's done, and the things he's invented and come up with, and I I I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I we say it all the time, and everyone's been fun, but I am looking forward to this one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Before we get into that, you got anything else to bring up? Not a whole lot. We're having some chili in the garage Saturday. We're going to have a little race season begin party. Absolutely. Dan Fulkins called me the other day talking about going to Pennsylvania, so now I'm all wound up about that again. I've been doing pretty good trying not to think about it. Uh, it's getting closer, Tom. I know it is. That's what he was making plans already. He wanted to know when we could leave. And I said, I got a government job. I got three weeks vacation. I get four more in June. So whenever you want to go is good with me. Yeah, and, that probably falls a little bit more on me. But well, you got hey, that. as long as it doesn't, the moisture comes down as rain, we'll be good. So we'll so, see what happens. And so now I'm a little bit wound up about all that again. And, and so, Joe's talking about Knoxville and when to yeah, go and what yep, to do. Yep, and, we're talking about maybe doing the 360 this year and maybe just Saturday night at the 410 show or something. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. That's what uh, Saturday night's for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll have to hash that over because everybody will be here. And Sean Quinn, I don't I haven't even had a chance to talk to you because you weren't here this last weekend, but Sean Quinn calls me up and says, hey, who all wraps cars up there? I, I got to... <laughs> I, I got to get my one car wrap for the Nash, Knoxville Nationals and stuff. And um, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say the sponsor or not, so I'm going to leave leave that off. But, you know, I said, hey, Brett Vanderbrink with Octane Inc., you know, yeah. uh, Eric Arndt with Arndt Design. And, um, you know, I said Jared even does it. You know, he did our koozies and yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, just they're all great guys. But, uh I think he he got uh, hooked up with Eric Arndt with Arndt Designs, and uh, er, Eric's going to go down there the week before Knoxville 360s and wrap a whole car. And Really? Yeah, evidently they actually have a lot in common through motocross and stuff. So, oh, okay. Um, so, but that was kind of cool that yeah. I helped the guy in You're California. You're helping the guy in California. Look at us, bud. Hoo, hoo, yeah, hoo. there's your chest all pumped up. <laughs> Uh, we're almost famous so, uh yeah the almost part that that's gonna stay yeah. almost forever but uh no that was kind of cool but tobe tonight who do we have jeff swindell jeff swindell this is gonna be a I, lot of fun i think so so we'll see how this goes we'll be right back ow son of a gun what the heck you did out bud well frick i nailed my dang fingers trying to fix these cabinets well, you know what it's time we freaking just get somebody to build us some cabinets. Well, it'd be better than you and me doing it. Yeah, you got that right. Too bad we ain't a little closer to PA. We can call Mount Tabor Cabinetry. Yeah, I heard Chris Fizzle's one of the best. That's what that's what I've heard according to things we read and see. But Yeah, so if you want to reach out. Maybe we can call him for tips. Absolutely. You know, I bet he might help us out. But his number is 717-752. 7014. One more time. 717-752-7014. Or look up Mount Tabor Cabinetry on Facebook. Where are you going now, bud? We ain't done yet. I gotta freaking go get some band-aids. I'm bleeding like a sieve. Well, well stop the recording before you go, because I don't know how. Hey, we're back at Hoagie's Garage, and tonight we have Jeff Swindell with us. How you doing tonight, Jeff? Well, I woke up again. <laughs> That's always the positive, ain't it? When you get our age, it is. <laughs> you bet. My father-in-law used to say the same thing all the time. Well, I woke up this morning, so it started out okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Can't complain after that. No, absolutely. Where Where are you actually from? Where do you call home these days? I'm just outside of Memphis, Tennessee still. I'm Bartlett, Tennessee, actually. Uh, but I've lived here in the Memphis area my whole life. Good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. We've never long moved. As long as you can stay, long as you stay out of Memphis these days, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can agree to that. The town we're in is 250 people, so <laughs> we like small town. That's right. Yeah, I could dig that. You bet. I could dig that. No stoplights. That's the best. Um, uh, yeah. 
So we kind of normally start here with going way back to when you were young. And, and to be honest, a lot of our questions here, Jeff, are going to become off of the, the Hall of Fame article on you from Knoxville. And um, that, by the way, that if nobody has ever read that about you, that is full of amazing information. But uh, it says you, you kind of started, you know, when you were super, super little, like racing your big wheels through the living room and, you know, kind of <laughs> built a little racetrack in your backyard and you kind of went go-kart racing. Is that, that kind of sum you up how you started? Well, we, uh, I didn't really go kart racing we raced like i said uh we started there with the big wheels and stuff we had uh my dad had bought a church and turned it into our house and so it had a huge uh area where living room and dining room and all that was all one great big room and then and then where all the pews and everything was where he turned into the race car shop so uh we had plenty of room after Christmas one year, so we were pretty heavy in that when we were little. So that was that was a lot of fun. And we uh, we lived on about four acres there, and we built a track out in the back. Me and Sammy, and a bunch of our friends, and and we put bank turns in and through the trees. And it was uh, it was pretty cool for the many stuff. And then uh, my mom and dad bought a tractor to mow the yard and everything a full-size tractor so then i started playing with that back there and that went pretty good even painted the thing tore it all down refurbished the whole thing the old ford tractor and uh, even painted flames on it my dad just let me do whatever i wanted to do with it because i rebuilt it and uh uh then when i crashed it through the back fence one time that, that kind of got stopped <laughs> but we go, but you go between two trees, and and the roots where they were on each side, the tractor just barely fit. So if you, and then you had to turn hard left, or you go through the fence. Well, you hit the tree roots, and I take the steering wheel and just spin it, and the tires would just turn left in the air, and then when they come down, it take back off the left. So that's how you had to make had to you had to access that corner. <laughs> And you had to hit the left brake to do it. And a buddy of mine was on with me, and he had his foot stuck under the darn left brake, and it wouldn't turn. We went right through the damn fence. <laughs> them damn buddies. You always got to have them buddies in the way. I know. So that, that one went to hell. And then and we had an old Dodge truck a buddy of mine crashed and let us play with. We raced that thing around the backyard for a while. And one day when uh, mom and mom wasn't looking, we had a whole bunch of kids over there. Uh, I had to wash her car out in front yard, and when I got done, I drove it around the back, started chasing all the kids around the backyard, around the racetrack. With mom's uh, that car. That was okay. That was okay. Yeah, her Ford, her new Ford LTD. Uh, so <laughs> that's a, a full-size ride. The bad thing about it was the, the big, long back straightaway had bushes hanging over it all the way down the side. So... When I got done, needless to say, that thing was scratched all to hell. <laughs> oh, and no brownie points me, for Jeff that day. No, the old man took the belt off for that one. <laughs> and, well, uh, rightly deserved, I, I probably. Oh, absolutely, I agree. I'd have done the same thing, but uh, you know, believe me, I was out there with the damn wax and the rubbing compound until I got, and it was black too. Black oh, car. it showed everything everything so yeah so that was a long day <laughs> but we had we had a lot of, we had a lot of fun out there living out the country in that old church yeah so i went to church every day of my life there for about 10 years Jeez. nothing wrong with that no. <laughs> kept you out of a little no. trouble maybe a little bit a little bit, a little uh, bit. Yeah. sammy and them built a go-kart him and a buddy his they welded a cage on it and all that stuff and made it a cage cart and and uh, we had a uh, uh, DuPont was right down the road. And they had great big old piles of, I don't know what it was. But, I mean, they were 30, 40 foot high. So they decided they wanted to test the cage. So we pushed that thing down there, and neither one of them wanted to get in it. So they threw me in the damn thing, strapped me in it, and then just turned it over and let it roll all the way down the damn hill just to see if the cage worked. So you just rolled her down the hill? Rolled her down the hill. 
Did they at least have you belted in, or did you just have to hold on yeah, that good? Yeah, no, 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 we were belted in. Oh, okay. It had belts in it, and, cage, and the cage the cage actually made it. I was going to say, you're still here, so it must have held up. Yeah, it made it. It made it. Sammy probably wasn't 14, something like that. Hell, I was probably oh, about eight or nine. I was going to say, that's what little brothers are for. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. guinea pig. But no, I, I, didn't, I never really raced anything until I got in a, a modified B-car, what we called a beer. Uh, when I was 15. Yeah. Yeah. Actually on a racetrack. And that, and that was a Christmas present, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, my dad used to build all the modifies and stuff for him and my brother. And a good friend of ours, B.A. Norwood, lifelong friend, uh, he built him a car. He raced around Riverside, never really did anything, you know, just had fun playing and so he got my dad to build him a car like Sammy's car and, and he ran it for a couple of years and won him a few heat races and stuff and uh, then uh, when I turned 15 uh, or the year I was turning 15 he showed up over there with a dealer and told me Merry Christmas and gave me the car really yeah so we stripped it all down it was back then my dad built super long race cars I mean were really long so, and they had just built Sammy a, uh, uh, a sprint tube frame car for the B car. So we actually went in and, and put all the pickup points and everything on that old square tube. It was a square frame tube car. And, uh, we put all the pickups and everything on the same way and shortened it. And, and that was my first car. That's yeah. awesome. How'd you do? Yeah. Uh, the first night out, uh, I, we had a fast heat and a slow heat where you qualified. You know, you, we actually timed in, and, you know, half the cars were the slow cars. They were in the slow heat, and then the faster half were in the fast heat. They inverted both of them. Well, I started fourth in the fast heat, and Terry Gray and I think Gary Bell may have started on the front row. And needless to say, nobody told me that when they go in there side by side, they check up. I drove right between them and went right over both their wheels and turned so much over and ended up the fence. <laughs> well, you had practice. Welcome to racing. Well, I mean, hell, you know, shit, you're supposed to be on the gas. You're supposed to get out of, get out of the gas. Well, uh, yeah, stand on it. <laughs> well, good thing you had That's practice when you when your brother and his buddy rolled you down the hill. At least you had experience. Exactly. <laughs> well, no big deal. Jumped out, started trying to fix that son of a bitch, and my dad was actually... He was the race director at that time, and uh, he come down there. What are y'all doing? Oh, we're getting it ready. Uh, you put that so much on the trailer, you get it ready. What ain't hard, bad? Nope, put it on the trailer. <laughs> we can fix this. I know we can. <laughs> we could have. It wasn't hurt bad. So he said, hell no. You gonna put it on the trailer? We'll go home and figure out what we got to do. Oh man. So did the second night go better? after that then we got to where we started winning some races that, that year and uh, uh, actually won our first sprint car race at the end of that year um, up at Hopstock in a non-wing sprint car uh, against Chuck Amati. Okay, well that, that jumps into the next question. The next question was how long did it take you to jump into sprint cars and what was your first race? Well, there we go. It was it was like the, yeah, the end, of that, end of that first year. Okay. Wow. End of that first year and then then, uh, then it was off to the races then. So, so like 410 sprint right away? Well, we didn't have 410 back then. Oh, that's right. I'm fucking old, excuse me. <laughs> uh, I'm freaking old. Uh, but no, I mean, most of the time we were running like a, a 377 or a 383. And uh, it wasn't until I started traveling with outlaw stuff that I had a 406. Yeah. Okay. You bet. So, how long before you joined the Outlaws then? Well, actually, we went there for a couple of years. I drove for a couple of other different teams, uh, guys from close around here. Uh, and then got to where we were winning races. And then uh, Sammy was hooked up with uh, Gary Stanton with the FedEx car. And he got me, uh, well, my mom and dad actually got one of their, their best friends farmers over in arkansas 
they uh, give us a little sponsor money to get a truck and uh, put a car together. So, and we did all that with 20 grand. Really? Wow. And had money to start off racing. 20 grand that, ain't going to get you a... brand new Chevy truck, and the damn Chevy truck took up half that. I was going to say, nowadays, 20 80, grand will only get you a roller. Yeah, yeah. 20 grand put us on the road with a, with a car and a brand new truck. Half ton pickup with open trailer. Yep. And uh, so uh, I went to a couple races, and then I'd race around here. I'd go to, uh, I'd drive down to Dallas on Friday night and turn around, head back after races, be back here Saturday morning early. The guys would get out, clean the car up get it ready for me to maintenance. I'd be out there about 2 o'clock, get it ready. We'd run over Riverside that night. Then after the races, we'd jump the truck, and whoever wanted to go, we'd, we'd haul ass back up to Hobstadt or Spring, Little Springfield and race on Sunday night. Then uh, when we got to where we had a little money in the kitty I'd, and the outlaws were close, I'd take off and we'd go to the outlaw show. We'd run until we run out of money, and then we'd go back home try to make some more money. So, being I'm not familiar with the area, how many miles or how many hours were you driving then on a weekend when you did them three nights? Well, actually, it's, uh, uh, I want to say it's seven and a half hours to Dallas from from the house to the track. It was about seven and a half hours. And uh, then seven and a half hours back. Then Riverside was across the creek. And then Hopstot's about, it was about five hours. You were putting some miles on the pickup then, too. Oh, yeah. And a lot of those Friday night shows, I'd go by myself. Really? Oh, man. Yeah, nobody could get off school or out of work or whatever. I'd just go by myself. Yeah, you'd have to leave at noon or earlier to get there. Yeah, I'd leave about 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And uh, get down there and see somebody standing around and say, hey, you want to help me push this thing around all night? And they say, sure. (laughs) Okay. Well, there's a lot of us that are standing around at tracks that we like to do that stuff if somebody would ask, you know. Well, back back then, we most all of us guys needed it. You know, you know, wasn't normally one guy, just one guy, but you yep. know, normally it was two, but uh, a lot of times I did it on my own. Wow. So how did you get hooked up with traveling with the World of Outlaws? When did that all happen, and how did that all come about? Well... You know, it's all about taking rides here and there and then and then uh, uh, taking the teams and was good enough to go run outlaw stuff and then we take off and go run outlaw stuff. Uh, I mean I brought I brought Gil Suter on the tour, I brought uh, uh, Casey Luna on the tour, I brought the uh, Williams brothers on the tour. Um, just just several different people that you know, were local racers that uh, turned out to be, you know, big time sponsors over the years. Yeah, you know? yeah. That Casey Luna, if I remember, did I read that right? That that was the first outlaw win with a Ford or for a Ford. Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was me. He he had uh, Robbie Unser driving for him, and and that wasn't going great. And uh, I was down to one motor. And we hooked up at Lincoln, Nebraska, and made a deal. And he said he'd supply the motors. And so uh, uh, we stuck the Fords in and, and uh, ran. And that's that's where the Ford history comes from. And then actually later on, I got the – I won the first uh, ASCS National Tour uh, 360s with the, with the Ford motor. Oh, really? Yeah. So you got yeah. two of Ford's yeah. first wins. That's a, that's kind yeah. of a cool thing to have in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, and that's God. That's twenty years later, <laughs> 20, 30, 30 years later, something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, about thirty years later. Well, it's it's still you know Ford ain't that super popular yet on the on the yeah. big circuit anywhere. Really. Well, I mean, there's just so much Chevy out there, but I mean, their yeah. their stuff runs. I mean, there's no doubt it runs. I mean. Uh, we had issues. We went back to the Ford there with the 104 car, trying Ford was wanting to get back into it back then, and, and they were trying to get a new block and a new head done. And uh, so we took it back on, and Casey actually gave me all of his old motors to start off with, and we tried to redo them, but they just they were so heavy and and out of date by that time. You know, I mean, hell, that was, that was after Blaney and 
Bobby Davis and all them in order to run through all of them. So they were really out of date, and uh, so we didn't have much luck with them things. And then we finally got the first Ford, the new block, and uh, it run like a scalded dog for a half a night. (laughs) And then we we never got it back. Well, that's not good. Yeah, so that's that's when the Ford deal went south later on that year. There was just no reason for it. I think that year, gosh, I got to think of the number now, but I'm pretty sure it was like 64 actual engine changes at the track. Holy crap. At the track. That's not including in the parking lot or at the shop. Wow. Yeah, it was a massive headache. No kidding. Yeah. But we were good at it. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Hell, I'd, I'd go up in them up in the front of the trailer and rip heads off one motor and put it on another motor, mix match shit all just to get to the next night. Oh man! No, and that yeah, was... I'd like I'd like to see somebody try that shit today. Yeah, well, today now they got you know. Did you even have all the quick couplers and stuff like that for the radiator then, or no? No, so yeah, he created them. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, I actually came up with the with the uh, quick change motor. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, when I when I went back and built the Wiker cars. Yeah. Oh, one of my one of my favorite cars that you drove was that was it the seven TW or whatever it was that Gold Eagle? Oh, yeah. I always thought that was a sharp yeah. car. Yep, great car, great people. Uh, I mean, yeah, we didn't have. The big dollars, we had enough to get us down the road and do pretty good for the most of the seasons we ran together. Uh, but uh, Bob Kramer and Tom Wimmer, Kay Wimmer, they were just great people to work with. And, I mean, I even had some some pretty good high-dollar offers during that, and I figured it wasn't worth leaving them. Yeah, sure. That, that says a lot about a person's... The, the character them people had to keep you just for that reason that they were that nice. Yeah, no, they were good, and I wasn't I wasn't going to leave them either. And uh, I stayed with them until I walked off the stage yeah. at the, the banquet ninety nine. And I said, "Boys, I'm done." <laughs> so you race, you've won like everywhere and everything. But is there one or two races that stick out as your favorite wins? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, the last one's always the best win, so uh, it really, it really doesn't matter. You know, I mean, Knoxville, we never pulled off the win. We got a couple of seconds there, and, and we really were the car to beat there several times. And just never got to the checkered flag. Uh, that's one of the biggest regrets, and uh, probably Syracuse uh, ran great there from from the very first time I showed up. We ran second. I'd never even seen a mile track. Uh, and uh, that's why, I, <laughs> a little story there. Uh, I was driving for Jensen Construction, and uh, Rob Tuttle was working on a car. And the first day, they're practicing modifies up there. So we're part, we pull up in the third, third turn outside the track in the parking lot, get up on, so we get up on top of the trailer and see the cars. And we're standing up there and looking at them. I said, dang, that's a long back straightaway. It got quiet for a minute. And finally, he looks over at me and says, have you ever raced a mile? I looked at him. I said, hell, I ain't ever even seen a mile. (laughs) (laughs) We went out there and run second to Wolfgang. And and most of us nowadays have never seen a mile dirt track. Oh, I love the miles. Number, you know, there ain't. Well, always, there... always did. The, the last one we ran up there in Syracuse, we sat on the pole with the with the seven TW and uh, burn a burn a piston. Uh, we didn't get to finish that one, but uh, and then then I got hooked up with the Silver Crown cars through uh, a buddy of mine that hooked me up with AJ Foyt, and and then he got me the ride with the Delrose and Hope car. Because I just said I'd sit on the pole at the mile with the Outlaw Show at Indy right before the the Hoosier Hunter, and uh, AJ got me the ride in the Delrose car when uh, uh, 
I'm going blank here. Uh, boy, it was driving for him. Made the Indy, made the 500. Yeah. Uh, I read that too, though, on the thing. It was in the thing, and now I don't remember it either. Bettenhausen. I'm there sorry. you go. God bless Bettenhausen. Uh, but he drove for him forever. And uh, so uh, Boyd told him, he says, I was hanging out in Boyd's garage, and, and he's good friends with Timmy Delrose, which is one of the owners. And he said, well, I got your driver sitting right here. And he said, oh, hell, that damn wing guy, that guy can't drive this thing. <laughs> And uh, it went around there for a day or two, and then finally Timmy come over and met with me. And said, okay, I guess they couldn't find nobody else. They they put me in the damn thing, and then we had they showed up with the car, and I went out there in the parking lot and went over it and changed a bunch of shit. And me and the, uh, uh, me and Robert went over the car and, and got it all dialed in. Went pretty good, but we broke a couple of things. Uh, oil leak or something, I forget what it was. We had to start the back of the damn B. Made it through that, started the back of the feature, and back then it was 60 laps. And that thing went green to checkered, and we started at the back of the field and won it. And second, third, and fourth place was right in front of me down the back straightaway, going for the checkered. Oh, so you'd lap down near the whole field? Yeah. Twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then lap them. Oh, and, uh, that... So that, was, that was just a hell of a... Needless to say, they fired Bentonhouse and hired me. That, that damn wing driver could actually run that wingless yeah. car. Yeah, and we won several races and had several of them won that we broke and fell out of. We had real good success with that thing. That was... That was a lot of fun. I really loved driving them silver crown cars. It's kind of like, kind of like racing a bus on ice. <laughs> Bus, Bus on, on ice. ice. That's it. That don't sound real safe, though. <laughs> oh, but but it's 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 hard to do. Oh yeah, it's no. hard to do. It's a lot of finesse and a lot of guts. So after you were racing, you kind of went to announcers booth, didn't you, with uh, the Slick Fifty series with Mike Mike Joy and Dick Bergen? Yep, yep. Pat Patterson. Uh, I went out there and actually subbed for Blaney. He, he was running a cup car or arc car or something. And uh, Luna and them called me to come out there and drive for them. And uh, uh, I come out, went out there and drove for them. And we had that thing won. And Johnny Herrera blowed a motor in front of me while I was coming up to lap him. And I got in the water and drove right into him. I had no control. Yep. Drove right into him, turned over. And uh, so I went back to the motel and when I was checking in to motel, Mike and uh, Mike Joy and uh, Dick Bergeron were, were checking in, and we got to talking. I said, hey, you guys need me up there in the booth with you? Because I wasn't doing anything. I didn't have a ride or nothing at that time. <laughs> they said, that's a good idea. Said, okay. So they called Patterson, Pat Patterson, got on him. And uh, so Pat was like, well, all right, let's see if we can get you a flight out next week. And couldn't get a damn decent flight, like, $1,800. Pat, oh, I can't do that, you know. So I found a cheap-ass flight from St. Louis, but I had to drive to St. Louis to get on the damn flight. So I told him, look, here, you pay for that flight from St. Louis, and I'll get there. So he said, okay, okay, okay. So I went out there and did that, and then uh, that went great. And uh, me and Mike and Dick all got along great, and I think it was a real good show. And, and uh so after that, he said, all right, you're coming back every week. So <laughs> I started doing that for a while. And uh, that uh, me and Pat became real, real good friends after that. And, uh, to this day still. So Pat, Pat was a great guy. So that, he, stuck that, his, he stuck his neck out to do that thing. And it cost him a lot. Yeah. You know. But that damn wing driver, he could talk too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that had never been a problem. <laughs> that had never been a problem. I I don't you know I, I kind of hold back my feelings a little bit. Some some people have said I talk too much too. So. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, so. And then then you kind of start getting into you know you've worked on stuff you know your dad helped you with stuff growing up and you you know how to do all this stuff. So 
let's kind of go through all these things that you've helped sprint car racing with. Um, what, from what I read, the first thing was kind of uh, the air box. Yeah, I did that on the Gill Suter car while I was driving for him out of Phoenix before we came back and started running the Outlaws. I was running a non-wing car for Gill out there in Phoenix, and uh, we had a two-car team, and so I had all week while I was out there, so I had plenty of time with it. And I know Sammy had been trying to work on a, a different airbox to get rid of the shaker screen, because that's all everybody had was the old shaker screen. Yep. When you got on a heavy track, they always filled up with mud, and then the car would overheat and blow the motor up. Um, Sammy had tried working on some stuff on the Nance car, and he was running it down around out over the front of the the front bars. And if you had tires on the track or clods in the cushions, it would knock it off all the time. So he had a lot of problems with it. Um, so I got to messing with it out there because we were running a big block. And uh, uh, so I set up a bunch of fans and, and just went to work on trying to get it to work with flow right and putting the body work under the hood and uh, finally got it right, went out and uh, took the shaker screen out and put that thing in, and it dropped 20 degrees instantly. Really? And it never stopped up. Yeah. So we showed up at an outlaw show in Denver, and uh, before we even started, Carl Kinzer had already heard about it. He came down there all over it. Well, next week, Maxim's making him parts. <laughs> so that's where that's where that thing came from. Okay. And that and that is still on every sprint car out there today. Yep. Yep. So that's that's kind of cool. I didn't make a damn dime off of it. That's what I was gonna say. Did you? It, you know, we'll get into a little bit that with the patent here in a little bit, but uh, yeah. you kind of learned there. Dark. Maybe you need to put patent on stuff, but. Um, no doubt. So then, like the internal wing slider, is that you? Yep. That was me. That was me. Carl actually came up with the first slider. Um, he showed up at Dallas with that thing on the car, and that, that definitely revolutionized uh, guys being able to, to adjust the car on the track. I mean, that was that was massive. Um, because it was, you know, if you, if you miss it a little wrong, you're going to be way too tight the whole race or way too loose the whole race yeah um, so that really changed everything everybody jumped on that real quick so i mean that is carl's carl's deal um but when i did go do the wiker car we we put it up inside the actual wing and that thing that that thing would actually adjust left and right and back and forth oh really oh i never knew yeah. it ever went left and right yeah, they they outlawed that pretty quick. <laughs> uh, that was on the Waker car, you quick. said. Yeah, yeah. That'd be something. Yeah, the Waker car was really cool. One of the first only years I got to really spend several, you know, a couple of months really working on detail. And uh, that car, we could change the motor in eight minutes. Really? Uh, yeah, from the time the car stopped to the time you were pushing it off, eight minutes, Whew. and with three guys. And I mean, everything was quick release. That's where I came up with the gauge pack on the dash to where you don't have to take the oil pressure and the temperature gauge loose from the motor, which is what we had to do all the time. Yeah. Uh, basically, two Zeus buttons and the gauge pack falls off and stays with the motor, which oh, that's okay. basically on every sprint car now. Dang. So that, that has was, to make you feel was, good. I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, like I said, it didn't it didn't buy me a damn hot dog, but, <laughs> you but, still got uh, the bragging rights. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 cool to be able to do all this stuff, you know, and, and to see it on every car out there, you know, like you, yeah. know, you got the radiator screen, you got you got the gauge pack, they're on every car out there. We're so gonna, we're gonna so, pay better attention now. Then then you did get a patent for the ignition timing tool. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, uh, I was actually, well, I was, they got, uh, my wife was racing over Riverside in a mini, in a mini stock, and, uh, uh, guys would have problems with their mags or whatever, and they'd come over and grab me to go set them, and, uh, hell, I did eight or nine one year, I said, look, this is, I mean, I, and I could get them really close, but, you know, good enough to get them 
and get a time and light on them. And, and if they were, if we had them pre-marked, you know, you could race it that way. But you just never knew. So I, I figured that there was an easier way to do it. So I came up with the timing tool that screws on in place of the cap, and it just butts against the rotor, and you just twist the twist the mag till it touches the rotor to tighten it up, and the time is set. Jeez. So that that deal went real good. Uh, I mean, we didn't sell a lot of them. I've got I got a bunch of orders for them right now because I've actually redesigned it. And I'm kind of probably getting people pissed off at me because they ain't got it done yet. Um, <laughs> Too busy doing podcasts, but, damn it. Well, well, no, I hadn't, hadn't done a lot of those lately, but it's uh, the beaters and everything else we got going on, the fuel systems and the, the flow benches that I've come up with and all that. It just, you know, I'm only working seven days a week right now. That's better than so many. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah, but uh, but yeah, that thing went good, and and we finally got MSP on board with it. Uh, they put it in all their sniper and and EFI combo systems with the distributor and the uh, <coughs> the carburetor that looks like the injector, you know, or it looks like a carburetor but actually an injector. And they had problems with with the timing on it because they got to run the timing so far out of whack to get it set right uh, for the whole unit that you know they were just they're there's people that answer the phones and, and diagnose problems for all the customers was just ridiculous. So, uh, good buddy of mine that worked there, uh, <coughs> excuse me. They, uh, they said, and he says, well, I've got the part running from my office. Cause we went out there and showed it to them a while before that. And they didn't jump on it. And so they got to looking at it and they said, well, that's what we need. So, We've been supplying MSD with those for their kits for four or five years, I guess. And uh, it's, uh, I mean, we do, we do a lot of those. And it's just a little plastic cap. Looks like a solo cup for the shirt. It doesn't have to be a big billet one like the Magnetos because they don't have any pressure against them. But, uh, but we, gosh, we send thousands of those out there a year. So you got a hot dog out of them anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that pat, I mean that that patent's made money. It had, you know, got rich off of it, but it, you know, it's a little bit of money every year. Yeah. So, the the bleeder story is pretty good one because you had to keep that quiet for six months, but yet you still yep. had to test it to see if you could do it. How how did you do all that? Well, uh, we were running the ASCS tour. Me and a buddy of mine that owns a gas station for. Well, tire and car repair shop, you know, um, and my 12-year-old son. And getting those mechanical bleeders right, it's just almost impossible. I mean, nobody can do it perfect. There's guys that are real good at it, but, you know, when, when you're doing all the setup and the driving and, and everything else and the grooving and the tire grooving and everything, it's hard to take an extra 45 minutes a night working on those damn mechanical bleeders. So I just finally got fed up with it and figured there's got to be a way. So I started chasing down parts and pieces and throwing stuff together and, and made the first bleeder out of an old piece of exhaust tubing and stuck it in the tire. And the very first one worked. And so when it worked, I, shit, I sat down in the chair and said, wait a minute. Everybody's going to want that damn thing. <laughs> So that's when I had to start working on the patent, and I actually write my patents. Uh, took me a long time to figure out how to do that before I did the first patent on the timing tool. But uh, so I actually do write the provisional patents that we file, and uh, so it took me a little while to get all that done and uh, get it filed. So meantime, I had to be working on it and testing it and making it work. And so we'd park it away from everybody at the racetrack and, and uh, keep the side of the car away from everybody. And, and uh, I'd just stick it in my uniform, walk up there and stick it in the tire and put the hubcap on. So and nobody, nobody ever, knew. ever knew. I had it. Nobody ever knew it. <laughs> well, people should have started figuring out if you're parking all by yourself over <laughs> by... He's cheating with something, damn it. <laughs> Doping yeah, his tires or something. 
I kind of did that a lot anyway. Hell, most of them don't like me in the first place. So. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, nah, I just, you know, just, uh, that's what we had to do to make it work. You know? So, what's the latest, greatest thing you've come out with then? Is that allowed to talk about anything or? Oh yeah, we've got the we've got our new adjustable fuel valves, high speed and mains, uh, where you don't have to take them off the car all night. Basically, you have five six settings on them, and you just take a uh, you take your air reading and go back to your motor chart, and you have that previously done. And if your air reading says it's thousand to two thousand feet corrected elevation. You should be at D2. You walk out the car with a nut driver and you go D2. Your fuel settings are done. Really? No more taking anything apart, taking jets out, dropping them in the ground, <laughs> taking your high speed off the car, going back in the trailer, resetting it, checking it with the gauge. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's very, very simple. And we've tested it against, you know, what everybody's running out there right now. And uh, you, on the dyno, you can't tell the difference. That's as awesome. far as as far as the way they work, you know. So so, so, uh, so where do they go to find all this information? Give us the website or where where do they go? Call me. <laughs> I'm pretty easy. <laughs> I don't really, I, I've got a couple. I got a couple of websites up, but I don't really mess with the websites much. I do most most of my stuff's done through Facebook, really. Yeah. Okay. So reach out yeah, to I you mean, and. Yeah, you know, Swindell Bleeders Facebook page or Jeff Swindell Facebook page. Just message me or my number's easy to find and I don't hide from nobody. And uh, I answer the phone or return calls. And believe me, I do a lot of that. But uh, all the bleeders we got out there now. So Over the years, you've made life a lot easier on them mechanics and crew chiefs. Yeah. You know, it, it saves a guy 45 minutes an hour, a week or I mean a night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now, now with the fuel valves, it's going to save them another 30, 45 minutes a night. So now they can think about the race car. Yeah. Yeah. Or slap, slap the damn driver upside the head a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> Pull your head out of your backside, buddy. Oh. That's right. That's oh, right. Man. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I mean, I just I try to think of things that will make life easier. Oh, that's uh, awesome. It sounds like you're doing a hell of a job of that. Yeah, and... Uh, we just came out with our new fuel flow bench, uh, which nobody's been building them since Waterman quit oh, five, six, seven years ago. And uh, they're hard to find, even the old ones. And then they're high, high dollar, you know, for eight-year-old freaking flow bench. I tried to find one when I was working on these valves, and I couldn't ever find one. And uh, so I just said, well, hell, I can't find one. I guess I'll make one. So, so for, I come up with it. It's a real nice little small unit, uh, very accurate, all data logging, all electronic. Uh, it's really, really trick piece. We we uh, we showcased it at PRI, and uh, we've got uh, two outlaw teams have already bought them. Uh, I'm, I don't even have them done yet, but uh, they'll be well. The the first ten run that we're making should be done later this month. I've got all but one part in right now so so for uh, those of us that are push truck drivers and don't know what a flow bench is what what are what are you flowing let's put it that way put it bluntly you're flowing your your fuel pump and your bypass valves okay and your nozzle your nozzles out of your injectors yep and today it's really critical as much power as they're making they can't be off just a hair Oh sure. It makes it makes it real easy to blow one up, or it just doesn't run. You know, it'd be down fifteen twenty percent yep. on power. And that's if a lot. You don't have now. all the nozzles right, you know, or your pump's giving up a little bit, or if your your bypass valve's a little off, or whatever. You know, I mean, every engine builder's got them. Yeah. You know, I've actually I've actually got several engine builders that are that are planning on selling theirs and buying this one. Yeah. There you go. See, you don't yeah, so you we, don't just come up with stuff. You come up like with the best stuff. 
if you're going to build it, it better be the best. Yeah. <laughs> well, that doesn't. That's not the belief of everybody. I'm just saying. So. No, but believe me, I know. There's a bunch of shysters out there that have blown off the coattails of other guys. Yep. And uh, I don't believe in that. I believe in figuring out a better way. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Make something yeah. that looks good, but it's cheap. Absolutely. And then, then Absolutely. Well, it ain't, got, it ain't necessarily got to be cheap, but it's got to be good and not too expensive. Well, no, I, I'm valves, saying... Our, our valves are actually a lot less expensive than the main one out there that everybody's running. Sure. No, what I was saying so, is that people flying on the coattails will make something similar, cheap and shitty, and some people will buy yeah. it, and then they're disappointed. Several of them out there. And there were several of them out there in the fuel system business, too, doing that crap. Yep. Yeah. No, our stuff is really great. I mean, our high speeds and all that stuff. Engler, Tim Engler's actually making all those parts for me. Uh, I did all the testing up at his shop. I'd drive back and forth four and a half hours up there one way just to test a valve and, uh, because I didn't have a flow bench. And uh, so he's helped me a lot with that. And, uh, uh, you know, he's making the parts. He's actually running my high speed on his mission. There you go. So, so that tells you it works. If one of the gurus of mechanical injection is running your stuff, <laughs> yeah. it's got to be pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, it ain't cheap shit anyhow, let's put it that way. No, oh. no, there's just a few guys that are what you could call gurus in the, in the injector business, and he's one of them. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's awesome. Well, yep. Jeff, yep. We, we, we don't want to take your whole night up, but we're going to jump into our rapid-fire questions, and if there's anything else that we didn't bring up that you want to bring up, feel free to do so. But what's what's your favorite kind of ice cream? Peanut butter and chocolate. Are you a cat or dog person? Well, I'm really a dog person, but I've got a cat now, and I don't have any dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you're gone all the time, cats are easier. Well, we ended up with it. It was kind of a stray, and we ended up with it. So he kind of lives inside the house and outside the house. So he's kind of an outside cat, but he comes in and hangs out. There you okay. go. Um, do you have any hobbies other than racing? <laughs> I, I work seven days a week now, so I don't have much for hobbies. But, <laughs> uh, you know, making parts and, and trying to make bullshit in the garage is really my biggest hobby, probably. There you go. Um, how about a favorite movie? Favorite movie. That's going to go between probably, i got two or three there that are probably on the list. Uh, I mean, one of them's got to be Bull Durham and uh, probably Groundhog Day yep. and Scrooge. That's going to be my That's going to be my top <clears throat> three. Three good go. movies. And two of those Bill Murray movies. Yep, yep. That, you know, but <clears throat> yeah, Scrooge, Scrooge is great. Bull Durham is great. I just watched Groundhog Day the other day again, actually. Yeah. For about the 897th time. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, do yeah. you prefer snow or rain? Uh, snow if it's gone tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Um, if you're going to be stranded on an island, um, what type of music or what album would you have to take long to listen to? kind of hard to say um, i mean I've, I've i've listened to all types of genres throughout the years i mean hell we used to travel up down the road and you had eight tracks and yep. you know you had big cassette big boxes full of these damn things and, and we were i was pretty much all around i listened to pretty much any kind of music, even even classical music but you know i've been in the in the shop here working pretty hard for the last few days and uh one that keeps playing a lot is uh, uh, James Taylor. Okay. I, I keep playing a lot of James Taylor and John Hyatt. There you go. That's just, awesome. just so you know, I still have a few eight tracks in the closet. <laughs> I threw them away a while back. You know, that's what somebody asked me the other day. They said, What are you listening to? I said, Well, CDs. CDs? <laughs> Damn, kid. <laughs> Don't you know you stream all this or something now? Fuck that. Yeah. That's just crazy. Now, I got I got a massive pile of them. Why wouldn't I use them? Yeah, there you and, go. And I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to look again, but I'm not so sure. We still don't have an 8-track player that we could install in a car in Mom's 
closet at home yet from me and Brad. That's old. But, well, I, I I probably got rid of mine five six years ago. Last time I cleaned the garage. Did did back in the day? Then did you have to take a matchbook all the time too? Once in a while and wedge it underneath so it'd play right. Sometimes when you wear them out. Yep. When you get them wore out, you have to, you have to get them just right. Or we had a crappy player to start with. Maybe it was part of our problem. Well. But no, no, I always had great players. Uh, I didn't. I didn't mess with that. I I had my music. I mean, I was LP guy before that. So. Okay. So I had lots of albums and stuff. Still, I, I've been I've been wanting to dig my darn record player back out and set it up. Uh, something about the something about the the tone and sound that comes out of that. Well, they say them albums are coming back. Oh well, they, they, the vinyl's great. Yeah, I think the sound of the vinyl. Is, you know, I mean, yeah, you got all this cool mixing stuff, and you can make them do whatever you want to make them do, but it's just something about the vinyl that they can't match. Oh. You know, you get a Pink Floyd on there, you ain't gonna touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have a favorite place to go out to eat? Favorite place to eat? Oh my God. Well, I'd say actually it would be the Villa Castriati, which is here locally. Um, would probably be one of my most favorite places. It's an Italian place, but steaks are just unbelievable. Uh, and they just got, they've got two, they just opened a second store about two years ago. Uh, but I've been going to that place for 20 years. But it's just local, so. Yep. Um, how about a favorite holiday? Favorite holiday. That's any day I get off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. We 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 tend we tend we here the last several years, six seven years, eight years, we've gotten to where we take a family trip in uh, the end of May, first of June, uh, for ten fifteen days normally, and uh, that's been really cool. We we've gone to we've gone to Europe. Uh, uh, went to London, did all the sightseeing there. Went to Greece all on one trip. Uh, last year we did a Alaskan cruise. Uh, one of our first family deals we did was uh, Hawaii. We did that. That was great. With Saint Martin. So I mean, you know, I like. I definitely like the beach, but uh, the uh, the London trip was was unbelievable. You know to see what all they did back in the day. Yeah, the history in the old countries how, over there. They, oh, the architecture, how they yep. built stuff. It's just it's amazing how they did that back then. You know, so that's that's pretty cool. I like learning stuff, uh, but I also like sitting on my ass and and when we go to the beach, I drink straight tequila <laughs> all day long. And I don't ever drink it any of the rest of the year, but I don't know. Somehow I've gotten onto that trick that uh, something about the sun and the sand and, and the ocean and uh, tequila goes well with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what app on your phone do you use the most? Uh, probably Facebook because i got to check all my messages and everything and make sure I ain't missing nobody and missing a sale. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. You don't want to miss them sales, but... Uh. Um. How many speeding you know, tickets? I had, I had I had guys calling me from Volusia tonight. Oh, really? At the track. Yeah, hey, how do I do this? Okay, here's what you do. <laughs> cool. That is cool. Well, we're watching it. You know, we got it on while we're talking, so. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I was talking to one of the top teams not long ago. There you go. That's really cool. That's Yeah, that's <laughs> really cool. We ain't talking to none of them. They ain't calling us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, how many speeding tickets do you think you've gotten in your lifetime? Well, I can say that uh, when I was 17, I think, which, I mean, I was I was traveling a lot. I was going to Florida, you know, for the races every year and, and traveling all over the country, and I put a lot of miles on for a 16, 17-year-old kid. I was coming back from Florida in my pickup, and it was starting to snow, and Memphis was supposed to get, like, 10 inches or something and i was trying to beat it back and cops stopped me down mississippi i mean i wasn't 45 minutes from home and i was doing like 87 in the snow and so needless to say he was pissed off at me and he wrote me a ticket then state called me in a few weeks later 
wanted a meeting. Oh, crap. So I go downtown, meet with the state guy with the, with the driver's license deal, go into his office, and he says, all right, he says, you need to explain to me why you have 17 tickets on your record. Well, I'm not like most 17-year-olds. I drive all over the country, and I got to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he was pretty cool, you know. I mean, I told him the truth and, and just jacked with him back and forth a little bit, and he was pretty cool. And he said, okay, he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I'm not going to revoke your license, which I should, but I'm going to give you six months if you can go without getting a ticket for six months, I'll let you keep your license. If you get a ticket in that six months, I'm pulling your license. So, okay, well, that'll work. Well, about five months into it, I got a damn ticket. <laughs> oh, crap. So I, I thought and thought and thought and had to figure out what to do. Damn, there's got to be a way. So I figured out. All I had to do, my court case was coming up like two weeks before the end of that six months. So what I did was I got a continuance on my court date to two <laughs> weeks after the six months. I was home free then. <laughs> and I didn't go to mom and dad and try to figure all that out. I figured that out on my own. That's kind of amazing. I, you know, you figure out what you got to do. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is in life, you just got to figure out what you got to do. Oh, oh that's a great little story. <laughs> oh. uh, so, so what is the fastest you've ever actually driven on the highway? If you went 87 in freaking snow, what, what is the fastest you've driven on the highway? Uh, matter of fact, I told that story today. Uh, I had a Dodge SRT that I just sold to a guy today. And... On the day, it was a stolen car. I'd bought it from a auction, and uh, it was recovered theft. So, on the on that SRT, it actually has a deal on the dash. You can pull up, and it'll show what the fastest speed that car's been at. And that car, that car, I guess I'm sure when they stole it, it's got 158 on it. That's pretty damn fast for a, for a street car. Yeah, yes. yeah. And you're talking a Dodge Durango SRT. You know, you're talking a, you know. You're talking an SUV. A, yeah. Yeah, it's an SUV at 158. And uh, they, I looked it up, and it says top speed on the damn thing is 157. <laughs> but I, I beg to differ. Um, but I was telling the story today, I sold a uh, 90, 89, uh, GMC pickup. I had it fully lowered. I mean, it was a six inch drop, had all the electronic computers on it and, uh, had actually had, uh, uh, gosh, the race car mufflers on it. I can't think, can't think of the name what they were back then. Uh, brain dead. Uh, but I mean, you know, tunnel cover, it was all slicked out. It, it was a badass piece. I'm delivering it to Nashville to a buddy, to a guy buying it. And a buddy of mine's following me in my, in my blazer and we got hunting headsets on and we're talking going down the road and it's done got dark and i'm running about 80 85 and just cruising along going natural with no traffic or nothing straight line road all the way over just about it and, and this car comes flying by me had to be doing 110 120 so i told told my buddy larry i said hey i said uh I'm going to take off and see what this thing will do. So I let that guy get almost out of sight so he could bird dog the cops in case there was one out there. Uh, yeah, always good to have a blocker, I call it. Yep, yep. I call them bird dogs. Yep. And uh, so I put it on the floor, and when I went bang and jumped out of the gas, that thing hit overdrive. No shit. It wasn't even, it wasn't even in overdrive yet. <laughs> but back then, the speedometers would wrap all the way around. Yep. And that thing come all the way back around, and it was doing 137. <laughs> in a pickup. And it, and, it, and it hit overdrive when I got out of the gas. Jeez. So, I mean, it'll tell how fast that damn thing would go. That's hey. crazy. And, I mean, you could drive, you could, you could, it, it had uh, had big wheel wheels on it, great big wide-ass tires. So, I mean, it was a badass little truck. And, I mean, you could drive it with one finger. 
yep. going that fast. I mean, the steering wheel didn't move. It was just perfect. A yeah. little so, story on so the that, same line of that. My dad had an old GMC, an S15, so the small one, and didn't do anything to it other than dropped a 283 in it. And he took it out one time, and I think he said it wrapped around to the P, the speedometer did. Yeah, all the yeah they come up, the back then they come all the way back around. Yep, and he doesn't exactly know how far that fast that was, but it wasn't long after that that he had the brother-in-law pull that motor out of that truck because he didn't think he should keep driving it. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that was that. I said that wasn't lowered or nothing. That everything was stock, other than the motor and probably the tranny. Yeah. Well, this was all stock stuff, but we had all the computer system on the performance computer, Hypertech, and all that crap, and and uh, it was slick. It was it was really slick. Now I did I I did ride in a car one time with Chuck Ganassi. It was a damn little Honda that they give him, and. we went up through Pittsburgh there, riding that damn thing. I think he got it up to 150. <laughs> and and it was heavy freaking traffic just on the outskirts of Pittsburgh. Oh, Jesus. I mean, he, I'm going, holy crap. <laughs> Shit. Scaring the hell out of me. But, uh, but I, when I'd go up there and we'd run Lernerville, I'd always go down and stay at his, his place so overlooking Three River Stadium with him. That's Back in his cool. single days. Yeah. So you left your left your fingerprints on the dash of that little car. Well, I was about to slap him. <laughs> Damn, one of these son bitches gonna pull over in front of us. Yeah, um, somebody's gonna switch lanes and we ain't gonna have time to stop. Yeah, I mean, like mine, there wasn't a damn car in sight, and then it was night, so you could see headlights and yep. headlights and shit. He's dodging traffic at 150. I'm going, God damn. All you, all you had to worry about was deer, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, so, yeah, but I'm still here. I don't know how, but I'm still here. That's good, because we're having a blast. Stupid things we do. Oh, we've done several of them over the years. We won't go into all that stuff we've done over the past. No, all this just scratches the surface. (laughs) We'll have you on another night to go further into that. (laughs) Yeah, might get me in trouble. (laughs) So, um, what's your, well, we know what your go-to drink is on the beach, So, but when you're not on the beach, what's your go-to drink or beverage? Actually, I drink Diet Right all the time. Okay. I know most people probably never even heard of it. No, no. I've heard of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I ain't drinking it, but I've heard of it. It's, it's zero calories, zero carbs, it's zero everything. But it's, it's like, you know, it's like a cola soda. Yep, yep. Yeah, well, I honestly didn't know they still made that. They do. Well, they <laughs> do. probably just don't got, sell it up here, bud. We're a long ways away. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of places that don't sell it. Yep. Uh, and I mean, I found it up in Iowa and a lot of different places, but uh, and sometimes it gets hard to find around here. I mean, because that's I got probably eight or ten cases of it out there. My my mother-in-law, <laughs> they've got it all the time down there in Mississippi. She buys them by the five six cases at a time she loads them up for you mm-hmm. that's awesome yep, um yeah yep. and then outside of that it's bourbon, bourbon. okay bourbon. just on the rocks eh, rocks or, or neat okay mostly rocks yep depends on how good it is okay if it ain't so good you got to water it down with some ice a little ice a little ice to take the take the edge off but yep. uh, you bet last one for you if, if, okay. if money was no object at all, is there a car or pickup you've always dreamed of owning? Ooh. Well, it wouldn't be a pickup. I can tell you that. I've had too many pickups. <laughs> but, you know, if I was going to go that route, couldn't spend that kind of money on a car tell you the truth i don't know how i'd have to have millions before i go spend that kind of money <laughs> well, on a car this, like you that. just won that powerball that was two billion well, if, I just, while back. if i just won the powerball i might splurge and try to find me it'd be hard to pass up a ferrari or a lamborghini okay Yep. Well, you'd be able to find one of them. Just go to the Barrett-Jackson auction. You'll get one. <laughs> yeah, no shit. 
that that would be cool a cool car to have but yeah i'm i'm kind of over it anyway hell i drive i'm my daily driver is a 2011 avalanche with a big dent in the side then you don't have to worry about anybody giving you a door ding when you're uptown. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> you get or them. I ain't got wor- if I if I want to if I want to door ding somebody, I can door ding their ass on that interstate. <laughs> <laughs> Not even worry about it. That's right. Uh-huh. Ain't no skin off my nose. Well, well be- before we know it, we've talked over an hour, Jeff. So <laughs> oh this, God, this is. This has been absolutely awesome hearing all your stories and everything else. And um, just how you've kind of changed the whole world of sprint car racing with everything that you've come up with. And um, it's just absolutely awesome for, for us to hear up here in Lester, Iowa. So we thank you for your time, and we really, really appreciate it. No problem, Chad. Anytime. I, I know it's way past my bedtime. That's <laughs> <laughs> getting there on mine. So. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, we'll all right, talk- guys. Y'all have a good one. Hey, you, you too. Thanks, Thanks again. again. Thank you. Bye. Hello, everyone. Happy holidays. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Jaden Snyder, and I'm currently a physical therapy student at the University of Iowa, as well as a personal trainer and former collegiate athlete. And I'm Colin Snyder. I'm currently a strength coach at the University of Texas at Arlington and a former collegiate athlete as well. We have teamed up to create Snyder Health Recovery and Performance Training, also known as SHARP Training. This is an online personal training service with different programs that are catered to your needs and goals. Sharp Training includes both pre-made and custom programs that are delivered on a monthly subscription basis. These are delivered through the Team Builder app, along with exercise demo videos and further instructions that you may need. Purchase of a program also includes free access to a PDF guide called the Sharp Edge. This includes diet, supplement, sleep, and other lifestyle habits that you can implement to improve your health and performance. Hey, Hoagie's Garage. Oh, and that did I, not disappoint. No, that, that he was so good. Wow. Oh, my gosh. The stories. Yeah. Just never-ending stories. It was so we'd, much we'd, fun. Something would come up, and he'd have a story, and, oh, man, that was a blast. Oh, so and, much fun. And then the, and then we could get into the stories that might get us in trouble, he said. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> oh, you imagine Chip Ganassi going... Oh, weaving through cars at 150 miles an in hour. traffic yeah no no i think i don't think i would have thought about slapping him i would have been like shutting the damn car off or something hey tobe how about we uh strap you into a roller cage and let you roll yeah, down yeah. a 30 foot hill <laughs> rolling down a hill just test the cage take the little brother in uh, if it makes 30 feet it should work yeah, in theory oh, i guess it worked he's, like he said he woke up this morning he's still here oh so much fun. So yep. much fun. So, Jeff, thanks for being on. We really appreciate it. And keep making parts. Yeah. I mean, the Sounds things like you make. Sounds like you're doing a heck of a job with that. That's really cool. Absolutely. So, till next week, Tope. Till then.